Joining us now is Sangamon County Administrator Brian McFadden. The county over the weekend issued an update to its policy on COVID-19. And, of course, that policy being put to the test a little bit as some local businesses have opted to reopen ahead of the schedule laid out by the state. Brian, thanks for joining us here this afternoon. Uh, Walk us through a a little bit on this as a policy update. What prompted this uh, by the county? And and maybe if you can explain in some succinct terms the relationship between what the state is doing and and what the the county does at this level as far as enforcing this. Sure. So the document really... um grew out of a, of a couple of reasons. One being uh, we were seeing other counties around the state um, uh, express different options on how they were going to approach this. And I think the two extremes were, you know, counties that were going to um, enforce the governor's executive order. We've seen counties that have gone into court to get temporary restraining orders based upon the governor's executive orders. And we've seen other counties on the other extreme that have said they're going to put out their own plan um, we think both of those extremes are problematic. Um, uh, I'm not a lawyer, but uh, legally, you know, there's a there's an argument that the executive orders do not have um, any enforcement powers, and therefore, uh, how can you go in and enforce them on the on just the face of that? And then secondly, how can a how can a local jurisdiction adopt its own version of executive orders when the state can't do either as well? So neither local government or state government has the power to do these things. But so we tried to put out a, a, a document that, that expressed where we where we were at, and uh, there's several names on the document. And I'll point out that there are three doctors that have signed that document as well. There are medical advisors, some of which have been on your show, Jim and and uh, Gail signed it, and several other county officials because this is a county county document, but we, you know, the, the basic gist of the document is that we're, we're sticking with the governor's plan for now. You know, we want to work within the four, governor, four corners of the governor's plan, um, but we really uh, have two concerns with the, with the plan. One is the one I just mentioned, which is enforcement is very problematic, um, and secondly, that we don't feel it moves fast enough. We feel as a community, we've watched our community metrics our hospitalization rates, our positivity rates, our availability of ventilators, all those things, the same thing the state's watching, and we're, we're seeing uh, better and better numbers. So we think not only are we really at phase three, but we potentially could be in phase four. Um, so, you know, and we felt it was important to get that message to the governor. We feel that the, the, the best solution right now would be for the governor to modify what he's doing. He's shown a willingness to do that in the past. He was opposed to regionalization, and he changed his opinion on that um, because uh, local governments like Sangamon County were lobbying him hard to do that. He changed his approach on churches and religious gatherings because uh, he was being lobbied hard on that, and we think that uh, he's, he's shown a willingness in the past, and we want to say for now, we're, we're sticking with the governor's plan for now, but we would sure like to see this thing move faster, and, and we will lobby the governor to see that happen. And I, I, I think there's a chance that. We heard a little bit of that today on his is briefing that uh, maybe they might modify things uh, sometime here in the next week or so. You know, I, I, what the governor said all along, what I think a lot of us uh, have felt all along is ultimately this is something that should be driven by the best interest of public health. What's going to keep people the safest here? As you mentioned, a lot of doctors on this plan. So, uh, you know, it, to, to say we support the governor's plan, but we think it should move more quickly. The bottom line is, do our public health experts locally think we can have the same degree of safety if we were already in phase four? 
Yeah, I mean, their names are on the document. This document was a, a group project, and we had a group product, and we all talked about it, and people contributed, and people signed off. And, you know, the, the, the main thrust, again, is, you know, the, we're sticking with the government's plan now, but the document also mentions that there's really no government policies that will guarantee safety from the virus. And the doctors acknowledged that, and they wanted that message out. They were very adamant that we prioritize our efforts where, where they have the greatest impact. That's in the plan as well. And, and you know, uh, life is full of prioritizing things, our time, our money, uh, whatever it might be. And they feel that uh, it's a better use of, of Gail O'Neill's time and our nurses' time to, to work with uh, congregate settings like nursing homes and, and, and places uh, like that than to be spending, you know, their, their time running around the county. Um, looking for hair salons and, and and nail salons that may be open. So it's it's just a matter of of, of focusing on where the biggest impact that is at. And then you know the document says we all got to make our own personal discretion on on what we want to do and be smart about. It. And there's a lot of uh, directives and guidelines out there that um, that are available to to help you work through that process. And then we're going to continue to watch these metrics. We're going to watch them closely and. And um, given the, the what was in place at that time this weekend, things moved quickly and changed quickly, were the executive orders. And, and we felt that really given the, some of the limitations with the executive order, the only really tools we have are education uh, and, you know, information. And we still believe that, that those are great tools to have. But if, if things go south, the doctors will they have no hesitation to sound the alarm and, and let people know. So long answer, I know, but uh, but yeah, we we talked about the different phases and and talked about different things, and there, there was a, a comfort level that uh, we should be further we could be further along than we are now. Now nobody's arguing, you know, five thousand of us need to, to go see a baseball game or something like that, but um, we definitely feel they could be we could be in phase three at this point for sure. It, it sounds like then that from the the county standpoint, and again, you know, whatever executive orders the governor's put there, he's basically said all along he's leaving enforcement to the local level. Even with this rule they put in last week that could lead to a Class A misdemeanor, that's something that local uh, authorities would have to enforce. The state wouldn't be, you know, coming in and issuing those citations. So it, it sounds like, correct me if I'm wrong here, but what you're saying is, in effect, we're going to just focus on nursing homes, the most vulnerable populations. If businesses decide to start reopening on their own, we're not going to step in and, and intervene in that. Is is that accurate? Uh, well, no, it's not accurate. Um, it's very complicated because there's there's several sets of orders and laws and and emergency orders that are out there now, and and um, the public health laws are have been in place forever. They are laws. They are in the statute. Um, you know, the, the Chapter 20 of the Illinois State Statute lays out the uh, powers and duties of the, the Illinois Department of Public Health. And then there's language that those duties are delegated to the local public health department. So that's 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 area that's been relied upon and is clear for the most part and is, you know, solid as far as state law. Then you had the executive orders came out. And as we've mentioned, that uh, the feeling was that enforcement of those executive orders are problematic. Uh, because they're just that they're just they're they're executive orders they're guidelines um and i think that's what's prompted the 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 governor to take the third step and issue another set of of of, uh, orders out there Uh, and that's not even including orders that mayors and 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 village presidents have put out themselves but let's just talk about the relationship between the state and the county but there's a, a third set of executive orders that were uh done through jcar friday 
that, uh, you know, we wish the governor had not done that and done it in the way he did, but he, but he has done that. And those are, those are um, enforceable. And, you know, law enforcement and public health have an obligation to uphold the law, um, but they also have customary discretion to look at each, you know, individual matter on a case-by-case basis. And that's the, 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 the plan to approach those those orders. And as I said, you know, we think they're problematic and wish he hadn't done it. We think we've moved on from phase two and we're in phase three. And and some of the businesses that are being impacted by these executive orders uh, would be okay in phase three. And phase three is right around the corner. And frankly, on the state plan, it's right around the corner. Our, our feeling is we're already there. But it's just, it's just problematic on the practicality of, of the executive orders. I mean, there's no method of enforcement. They really didn't explain to the locals, uh, give, give a warning, give two warnings, give three warnings, do a letter. None of that's laid out for us to follow. So we have to come up with that ourselves. There's this whole confusion between individuals and businesses. You know, we don't want to put an individual in jail, but we're going to put a business in jail or we're going to find a business. We're not going to find individuals. That's very murky. Um, it is, is basically requires the Department of Public Health to become prosecutors. They have to initiate prosecutions of these businesses, um, you know, and then for better or worse, there's no closure order in, in these executive orders. So really, you know, when you talk about how businesses are forced to close, the executive orders do not address that. What does address that is the first item I brought up, which is state public health law that very clearly says that if, if COVID is in a business, if COVID is in an individual that's in a business, if COVID is in a facility, if COVID is in an, in an event, uh, public health has the ability to go in and isolate people, quarantine people, shut down businesses, shut down events. There's, there's, you know, you have to, you have to, uh, there's court proceedings that are part of that, but it can be initiated by public health. So it's, I know it's very confusing folks because there's, there's those three things kind of moving around out there and all three of them have different kind of enforcement uh, mechanisms and enforcement abilities that are different, and it gets confusing to folks. It gets confusing to those of us that have to deal with it. But the the bottom line is we have uh, at least a couple of businesses we know of, maybe more, that have said we're open, mm-hmm. even though the state guidelines say they're not supposed to be open yet. They're bringing customers in. They're serving those customers. Will there be any consequence for those businesses at all in, in this period before we get to phase three from the county's perspective? So the yeah the the businesses initiated their effort with us under when the executive orders were were in place and are still are in place and it's one thing to go in and say you're going to close a business because of the executive orders it's another issue to go in and say that you're going to close it based upon these executive orders that are in place now and the county this is not in many many ways this is not new to us uh, new to our health department they've had to close restaurants before because of uh, illnesses. They've had to close down other events because of sanitary issues. So this isn't our first rodeo when it comes to uh, enforcing these things. And like you said, we, you know, there's discretion at every level of this process, starting with public health, starting with law enforcement, with prosecutors, with judges. Um, but our, our, our model is we have a tradition of being complaint driven. Uh, again, Gail O'Neill and her staff of nurses who are already working very, very hard every day to try to contain this and work within this crisis, do not have the time to get out and scour the county for um, nail salons and hair salons that are opening or gyms that, are, that may be opening. Uh, we are complaint driven. We've, we've, this is how we've approached it. And if we do get a complaint, it'll be addressed um, in a 
probably be addressed like we do everything else. Uh, first effort is voluntary compliance, and there'll be some verbal discussions with the business about what they should and shouldn't be doing um, and see where that goes and rely on education with individuals to, uh, to kind of show them what these orders mean. So it's, even though it's not laid out in the executive order, and that's one of the emergency orders, that's one of the, uh, the not downfalls, but one of the shortfalls of the, of the emergency orders is it doesn't give us direction on this. So we're going to approach it like we always do. And um, that's how we approach other complaints about other facilities and other uh, public health issues. Um, and so this will, this will fall under that category. And, and the fact is, you know, uh, these processes don't happen quickly. I mean, it would be one thing, again, if, if, if the complaint was, um, uh, you know, Sally runs a dress shop and she's in there fitting people for things and she's tested positive for COVID. And that is a problem. That, that's the problem that um, I think everyone agrees is a problem, and that will need to be addressed. If it's, you know, the complaint comes in that Sally, the lights are on in Sally's dress shop and there's a car in the parking lot, um, someone will probably look into that and it'll begin a process that mostly is going to rely on voluntary compliance, working with people voluntarily and relying on education to get people to, to see. Because, again, the, 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 exi- the emergency orders are enforceable and we uh, have an obligation, law enforcement, public health, uh, our prosecutors all have an obligation to uphold the law, but there is customary discretion, uh, and that's been the case uh, for many, 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 many years that uh, all those individuals have discretion on how to approach something on a case-by-case basis. So we plan to do that as well. You, you say in the uh, policy update that if uh, the the metrics go the wrong direction, if we start to see an increase in cases, and, and I'm sure there's other metrics you're looking at too, but if it looks like we're, we're backsliding, that the, the county can uh, seek more rigid, uh, basically, uh, requirements here, uh, just well, it just really just says we'll not hesitate to take action. But some of the same issues you talked about are still going to be in place, a confusing enforcement structure, limited resources, the need to focus on congregate settings and things. So even if we do see worse numbers, even if we do start to see more people get sick, more people get hospitalized, can you really do anything to stop these businesses that have decided we, it, we can't wait anymore? We have to open back up again, just like they're doing right now. At the moment, there isn't. But there could be down the road. And, you know, if you'd asked me this weekend what enforcement tools we had, if you asked me before Friday, you know, it's been very problematic. It was very weak enforcement tools from our perspective. The state's gone in and, and, and changed that to a certain extent. And I don't know what's going to happen Wednesday. We should point out that, that there is going to be a, a hearing Wednesday, and it's potentially these executive orders could go away, which is another reason why uh, no one's in a big rush to to, to go out and and. and you know, start shutting places down because we're still in a little bit of an unsettled territory. But the potential could exist in the future. And we've we've tried that when the document came out, we tried to reflect what was in place at that time. And it points out that really, uh, given the, uh, the problematic enforcement executive orders, our, our best tool was education, information, and, and notifying people. And right now, uh, the people, the, the physicians, are the three physicians on, on that uh that document are the ones that we turn to and say that we need to change our policy and change our direction. Right now they feel good about uh, the potential of us moving faster than what the state's laid out. It's just as easy. They could come back to us and say, uh, we don't feel as good about the numbers aren't supporting the metrics, the hospitalization rates, the availability of PPE, whatever it might be. 
are different, and we may uh, lobby for changes or look at uh, different local changes, the ways we can do things. Brian McFadden, County Administrator, really appreciate your time. Thanks. Thanks.